This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 325 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the most disturbing research I've ever read about. And a lot of Americans are just going, you know what, forget it, I'm just going to be fat. Well, I'm going to talk about how you can stop that mentality from uh, just poisoning your mind. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just to die it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I want smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to exercise. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. And if you are new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, here's the deal. I'm not a doctor. Nope. Uh, I'm not a trainer. I'm, I'm just a person like you trying to lose some weight. And I will give you the good news and the bad news here. Here's the good news. I lost two pounds since the last time I did an episode. Here's the bad news. Wait, I'm confused. Uh, I gave you the good news, right? Yeah. Here's the good news. I've lost two pounds since our last episode. Here's the bad news. I gained two pounds since our last episode. And I, I think I figured out some of the things that uh, are causing this. If, you, if you're new to the show, I lost 30 pounds last year using a company called Slimgenics, and it was expensive. And I quit doing their program, and I've gained about 10 pounds, closing in on, on 15 at times. And I was like, okay, hold on, what's going on? And uh, I think some of it is, here's, here's my advice for today. If you think, I'm not sure if I should eat this, yeah, you know the answer to that. Uh, if you go, hey, you know what, I'm going to skip dinner and have ice cream instead, yeah. Now, calories to calories, that makes sense, right? Okay, well, I was going to eat a pork chop and some broccoli. That's, you know, whatever, 500 calories. I'm going to eat this bowl of ice cream instead. It's 500. No, come on. Come, come, come on now. And so what is happening is there are a couple stories out explaining how Americans are literally just going, you know what? I've done whatever I could do. And, uh, I'm just not going to, I'm just, I quit. I quit. That's basically what they're saying is I'm done. And so what it is, they're saying there's a couple uh, research articles, things like that. They said the proportion of American adults who are either overweight or obese has been growing steadily for decades. This is not new news. We knew that we're getting fat. We're eating bad food. We're doing less stuff. 
And uh, in the immortal words of uh, James Brown, we need to get up off of that thing and it'll make you feel better. But it rose from 53%, right? Used to say, we used to say, well, half of us are obese. Uh, that was basically a generation ago. The new generation now, including everybody, 66% of us are either obese or overweight. And so the problem is, is that if you're in a room and 66% of us are overweight or obese, fat is the new normal. Orange is the new black. Fat is the new normal. And if we're all fat, we don't stand out. It used to be if you were obese and only 40% of the room was fat. And yeah, I say fat. I'm tired of this whole, oh, don't get me started on words. They're words. What happened to sticks and stones may break my bones? Fat. It's fat. You are not horizontally challenged. You're fat. Deal with that. So uh, anyway, so if we're all fat, we don't stand out. And if we mention to somebody, here's the other thing they're saying, that your doctor, like when you go to the doctor and you go, I don't know, I've gained 15 pounds and they go, hmm, we'll have to run some. They're not saying, hey, guess what? Back away from the Twinkie. And and if we mention to someone that maybe your weight is unhealthy, we are now fat shaming. Apparently, we're not allowed to have any opinions, especially if it's negative. Like, there's no slut shaming. There's no, is there going to be a thing like, well, thief shaming? Hey, I know I steal for a living, but don't, you know, I just got to be me. I like to have, you know, relations with goats, but come on, don't shame me. I'm just, seriously, with that? So, what they're saying in these studies is that Americans are straight up just giving up hope because you know what? I, I started dieting when I was in my 30s, maybe after you had a child, uh, whatever happened. I started, I, I got the dad bod and I went on the Atkins, then I went on the grapefruit, then I went on the popcorn, then I went on the slim fast, then I went on the blah, blah, blah. And then I did the, the protein, the high protein, the high cholesterol, the low cholesterol, the high salt, no salt, uh, low sugar, high sugar, whatever diet. And you know what? None of them are working. And, uh, and you know what? I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. So the, the thing is, when you do that, and, I, and, and for the record, I get that. I get that. Because, man, when I stepped on the scale this week, I started off the day. I walked around. Uh, had my 10,000 steps in easy. And then I went to the gym and I, I've been doing this thing uh, right now as I record this, the Cleveland Cavaliers are in the uh, NBA playoffs. And if I'm watching a Cavs game, I have to be on a treadmill. doesn't matter where. I just have to be on a treadmill. And when the commercials come on, I must jog. Now, since I'm talking about physical activity, of course, consult your doctor, yada, yada, yada. Please don't sue me. I'm not saying this is what you should do. I'm saying this is what I do. And what this makes me do is something else is it makes me sweat. It makes me sweat and it makes me uh, cringe when I'm going, please, no more commercials. And the next thing I know, there's that stupid Geico or flow from progressive. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And it's another 30 seconds. But I'm sweating. And that's my whole uh, to me for for me. I want my exercise to make me sweat. Otherwise, I'm being active and I want to exercise. So I, I got my steps in and then I exercised and I stepped on the scale the next day. And you know what? It went up and I went, oh, come on. Like, what's the guy got to do to get that scale to go down? So I completely get where there are days when you're like, you know what? 
Mm-mm. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done with counting collar. I'm done. I'm done. I get that. I totally get that. But here's the thing. Why do people do that? Because they think it's hopeless. And that's what we're talking about today. Giving up hope. And this is the most brutal thing I've ever heard about. This was done in the 1950s. And this is, if you're an animal person, you may want to like fast forward here because this is gross. The study that they did in the 1950s, they did a brutal experiment drowning rats. I know it's weird. It was done by a John Hopkins professor, Kurt Richer who apparently didn't get enough hugs growing up or something. I don't know. I want to know what this guy did. This guy later go on to kill cats and and like, what? Okay. But the experiment included domesticated and wild rats. He first took a dozen domesticated rats and put them in jars filled with water and then watched them drown. And to me, that that's a special kind of person right there. Uh, the idea was to measure the amount of time they swam before they just gave up and went under. So the first rat uh, basically swam around excitedly, excitedly because he's going, oh, holy crap, I'm going to drown on the surface for a very short time. Then he dove to the bottom where it began to swim around, nosing its way along the glass wall, and it died two minutes later. Uh, Two more of the 12 domesticated rats died in basically the same way. But interestingly, the nine remaining rats did not succumb nearly so readily. They swam for days before they eventually gave up and died. Now, uh, now they went out and they they got some kind of aggressive rats that were from the streets, I guess. They had little leather jackets on and they smoke and they had tattoos. I don't know. Uh, And um, they were they were basically they were also good swimmers. And. So basically, one by one, he dropped them into the water and one by one, um, they did the same thing. They all died. And so then he tweaked the experiment. So let's let's get to the non gruesome part here. He took other similar rats and put them again in a jar. And just about the time they're expected to die, because he had all this data on how long they're going to swim. He picked them up and he, he basically let them kind of chill out for a second. And then, and to me, this is sadistic. He then put them back in the water. And, but he basically said in his report, the rats quickly learn that the situation is not actually hopeless. And he says, after the elimination of hopelessness, the rats would not die. They would just keep swimming because there was a chance. So it's a gruesome little experiment Apparently, PETA didn't exist in the 1950s. (laughs) So I was like, holy cow, that is. So I know there are times when you think there is no hope and you just want to quit. You're like, I am so done with this crap. I get that. But there is hope that you have not exhausted all your things. Uh, There was a, a story that uh, came out of CNN and there was a 57 year old uh, woman and she had tried fad diets, did nothing 
Uh, she said they, they didn't do anything but leave her feeling frustrated. There was one called the grapefruit diet or something where you didn't eat anything but grapefruit. If you do something like that, that's what I meant by diet being a failure, she said. Uh, she didn't consistently exercise either. Although she didn't have any serious health conditions, she knew that her lifestyle was killing her. She was uh, five foot four and 332 pounds. She goes, then about six years ago, she was listening to the radio when an ad for Anytime Fitness blasted through her speakers. And uh, she said, I said a quick prayer. God, I wish we had one of those here. Uh, two weeks later, a gym opened up in her neighborhood. And she said, I looked at that in answer to prayer. And if that didn't happen, there's a possibility I could have died or have any of the conditions associated with being obese. Uh, she said, there's a history of heart disease and diabetes in my family. I was headed in that direction and I didn't want to go there. So ever since Henson has been going to the gym daily with her two friends. And here's the thing. Remember, I always say it's, it's not the exercise. It's the food. It's the food that is 95% of the problem. That doesn't mean you don't have to exercise because as we're getting older, our muscles are going, see ya. And it's the muscles that burn up those calories. So you do need to exercise. But she said she would go to the gym with two of her friends. To me, I think that's key. If you can find somebody to go with you, because there are going to be those days when you're like, ugh, I do not want to go. If you have somebody else that goes, no, 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 come on. We made a pact. We're going. So she went with her friends and she said, and I've been preparing healthier meals for myself. Consequently, she lost 175 pounds, more than 50% of her previous body weight. And she's keeping the weight off, she said. She has ditched fad diets and avoids placing too much emphasis on how much she weighs and instead focuses on how she feels. But, she says, she remembers how easy it was to stick to the old, the same old foods and avoid exercising and how hard it was to find a healthier routine that led to long-term weight loss. And she basically says, uh, before her weight loss, um, she says, I was just like more than one-third of American adults who meet the criteria for obesity as their body maxes indexes are 30 or higher. And uh, she basically just says that, you know, she had to change her life. And she says, I've, I've pondered the research several times as to why some people would want to be unhealthy when they can be healthy. There are so many variables in someone's life that you don't know about. She says, I can't sit in judgment as to why that person wants or does not want to uh, get healthy. I just know what I needed and what I needed to do was change. You can't change what you've tried in the past, but you can set your sights for a better future. Uh, everyone's on a, a different path and a I'm different back. journey. I'm back. Get up off of that thing and dance to do. You better get up off of that thing and dance to do. Sing it now. Get up off of that thing and dance to you. You better get up off of that. So that was from an article on CNN, and I'll have links to these out at LogicalLoss.com. And then if you just throw a slash 325 on that, uh, that'll take you right out to this particular episode. That was from CNN. There's another article from the LA Times, and they say the longer adults live with obesity, the less they may be willing to attempt weight loss, in particular, if they had attempted weight loss multiple times without success. So here we go. I've tried it all. I did the Reese cup diet. It didn't work. And they say that wearing pattern is very real. 
a study in 2011 in the New England Journal of Medicine demonstrated that post-diet body undergoes a host of changes designed to ensure that uh, lost weight is regained. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, this might explain some things. It said metabolic rate drops, allowing the the post-diet body to do more with fewer calories. Uh, myriad hormonal signals shift in the ways that boost appetite. Those changes endure for at least a year after weight loss, the study found. And even after weight is regained, many of those changes persist, lending to further weight gain. So there are some things that happen when you stop dieting. And that's where you can't go back to eating McDonald's and all the other crap. Um, that research helps explain the discouraging find that within five years of having lost weight, 95% of dieters will regain all their weight they lost, and most will gain a few extra pounds. This is why, the, when I say diets don't work, it's not like you can go from eating McDonald's and Burger King and ice cream and pizza and everything else, and, and then you go to eating healthy, and then when you're done, you go back to eating crap. Well, no, you got to do a lifestyle change and that's tough. I mean, that's, that's really tough. And it says it's, it's likely that many Americans are just letting themselves go. Oh, just forget about it. But it's also possible that some of the overweight and obese people who haven't tried losing weight in the last year have heard from a growing course of experts or discovered for themselves that dieting may not be the most sustainable way to improve their health. Uh, while weight loss would be ideal, regular exercise can mitigate some of the effects of carrying excess weight. Absolutely. Exercise is helpful. For me, in my opinion, it's the food. And for public health officials, they say laying off the fat shaming might not be such a bad idea either. This drives me nuts. A study published this year in the in a, a study published this year in obesity is that like a magazine <laughs> found that some some obese people um, weight biased and discrimination. Uh, raised the risk of developing heart disease and diabetes. Nearly 90% of the study's participants were women. Two-thirds were African-American. So basically, when we... I, to me, there's a... When I hear, like, fat shaming, I mean, that's somebody coming up to somebody going, wow, you look like a pig. That's not nice. That's not what I'm saying. That's not okay. But somebody going, look, man, I care about you, and I'm worried you're going to die. I, You know, I understand that they're saying that might put pressure on people and they might then uh, use that pressure and and feed it with with food. But it says obese people who tend to internalize weight discrimination and fat shaming were less healthy. So, again, people that eat their feelings are less healthy. This is not new. Um, the author of the University of Pennsylvania uh, psychologist Rebecca L. Pearl said that absorbing messages of weight bias can negatively affect mental health and lead to unhealthy behaviors like overeating. And I've said this before. One of the biggest things that uh, you got to have to lose weight is an attitude. And that's, again, what happens if your attitude is, ah, forget about it. It's not going to work. And so uh, this article goes on. And, and points out how, in some cases, people just want to quit. And, and I get that. So how then, what, what happens if, well, Dave, I, I, I do want to quit. And there's this great article on a website called Lifehack. And it, it talks about, like, what do you do when you just feel hopeless? Like when you're just like, oh, you know what, just F it, I'm done. 
And so it, it talks about, again, there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. The fact that you feel hopeless, you're not wrong. You're not stupid. You're not, it's, you know, it is what it is, but you do need to realize that there is still hope. If you are still breathing, there is still hope. So when you're feeling in a funk, it gives these strategies to raise your, your attitude. Number one, consider all the amazing things you've done in your life. And I know some of you are going to let that voice in your head. You know that voice, the one it's kind of on the right hand side over by your ear that has all those negative things to say about you. Yeah, ignore that. Uh, So regardless of what you're facing, remember your earlier miracles and know you're entirely capable of working through it because we've all have something in our life that we went, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And yet you're still here. We all have those. For for me, I always look back uh, when I was 24, my mom died uh, and I had to go tell my grandmother that she had outlived her kid. And I just remember thinking, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. And yet I made it through. So uh, for humans, you know, the seemingly impossible is in fact possible because you've probably done it before, right? Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you lost a job, whatever it was, you've gone through something that was pretty crappy and you are still here. So learn to change your mindset that will allow you to see all those amazing things, because guess what? You're a pretty amazing person. So number two, surround yourself with optimism. We talked about the one woman who went to the gym with some friends and there's uh, some famous dude, John. It's not John Maxwell. Might be John. Uh, No, it's the other guy. I can't remember his name, but he's a famous dude. You know, he's one of those guys that has like 80 million books. And he says, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. And I was like, hmm, the more I think about that, that's kind of true. So if you hang out with, uh, you know, if you notice like Winnie the Pooh, he had Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore and Rabbit and Owl. But what would have Pooh's life been like if he just had five Eeyores? Like he'd wake up and go, oh, bother. And they'd be like, yeah, forget about it, Pooh. And yet the other Eeyore would be like, yeah. It's probably going to rain. And the other one would be like, yeah, I don't know. Let's get ice cream. Right? It wouldn't work. So surround yourself. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that if you think positive thoughts all the time, that uh, manna will fall from the sky and, and your problems will just evaporate. If I, 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 Sometimes I think people go a little too far with that. I am a big fan of affirmations and, and looking. My, my mom told me something once. Uh, she said, you know, cause I asked her, I said, it was kind of funny. I looked at her and said, you know, you did a pretty good job of, uh, of raising me. I think I turned out okay. And she said, uh, I just, um, I tried to let you do whatever you wanted to do as long as it wasn't going to kill you. And she said, because that's kind of how you learn. And she goes, I would try to steer you in the right direction. And she goes, and really, when you look at life, she goes to, to make a shadow, to make a shadow, you need a light. And there are two things to look at there. One is the shadow and the other one is the light. And she says, I just prefer to look at the light. And I was like, wow, mom, that is some wise stuff. Uh, So number three, allow inspiration in. And this doesn't have to be a religious thing, but your faith could be a great source of inspiration. So reading books, listening to podcasts, listening to music that is uplifting can create positive vibes. Right. Some things can really for me, I have a playlist that I listen to when I'm on the treadmill that makes me go a little gets my heart pumping. Uh, 
Number four, about those times you're like, oh, I'm just I'm, I'm just a barnacle on the side of life's boat. Right. Well, spend some time in nature. Uh, for many, nature's bounty is it's awe inspiring. I've been doing this recently, uh, walking out in the woods and you just see trees that have been around for probably hundreds of years and just the whole ecosystem of how this ties into that and that and the flowers and butterflies and spider webs and whatever it is. And then you're like, wow, this is a pretty remarkable thing. And and I'm part of this ecosystem. I, I once uh, I'm not going to talk about it now, but there was a, a movie I was watching and they explained what happens when you cut your finger, like the science of how you get how your blood clots, how it makes a scab. It's um, the science of, of why you don't bleed to death was amazing. And that's when I was like, wow, your body is it's cool. It's really, really cool. Uh, number five, be courageous. You know, cultivating hope requires courage to take that first step forward. So give yourself the chance to find your way through your challenges. Take that first step and then the next step and then the next step. And you will soon be on the other side and ready to tackle your next challenge. And if you really want to find hope in your life, you you can. It is. It's always there. It's not hopeless. No matter where you live, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this right now, you have the Internet. So you're not in some third world country with, you know, come on now. And so although your search for hope might take some work, never give up. Just keep working through it. If you want to, right, if you want to, you know, just just quit. You want to, that's it. You want to die soon, just quit trying to be healthy. It's going to happen. But I'm here to tell you, I know, I know it feels hopeless. But here's the thing to wrap this up. So I stepped on the scale and it went up and I said, all right, we're going to make my health today a number one priority. And what I did, because again, to me, I think it's my food. I went, all right, normally in the morning, I will eat two eggs, and some sort of vegetable. So I said, I don't want to starve myself. Let's go one egg and a vegetable. And you know what? Just about the time it was lunchtime, my stomach started going, hey, you know what? I'm hungry. So I wasn't starving myself, but I made it through with just a few less calories. When I went to uh, eat lunch, normally I eat two pieces of uh, grilled chicken. You know what? Let's cut that down to one and some vegetables. Same thing. And I got plenty of sleep. And also, I hammered my water that day. I'm like, I'm for me, I want 80 ounces of water. I started hammering it, making sure it was there. I just made it a priority. Uh, got plenty of, uh, went out and exercised that night. Hit my, my goals of 10,000 steps. Plus, I made myself sweat. And at the end of the day, I was like, and here's the thing. I got home, and this is where I fall off the boat. This is where I identified it. It's, it's like post 8 o'clock. And it's, it's not the protein bar that I would eat. It was the two protein bars that I would eat. Or it was, uh, in the past, it wasn't the one handful of, of uh, almonds. It was the two handfuls or three handfuls of almonds. It was all these little things. And I just So when I started feeling myself like, hmm, what should I do for the rest of the night? I, again, distracted myself 
gave myself something to do. Let's write in a diary. Let's do this. Let's do that. Something to get my mind off the fact that, hmm, this is about the time I would eat some sort of snack. So I cut out the snack, woke up the next day and had dropped considerable amounts of weight because I made my health a priority. And I went to bed that night saying, hey, you know what? You did it. You did what you said you were going to do today. You hit this goal, you hit that goal, you and you know what? Look at this. You tried something new. You changed something. And now all I have to do now is do this again tomorrow. And some days I do, and some days I don't. But I know what to do now. Now I just have to matter of making this part of my lifestyle and staying consistent. So you can do this. Just don't give up and stop with the stupid calories. And you know what they are. I'll give you an example one. I bought this new stuff. Let me, let me look at the wrapper here. Um, and then we'll, then we'll get out of here. Uh, Nature Valley Protein. And if you can, if, if the beginning of something that's supposed to be healthy starts to sound like a Snickers commercial. So if somebody can say, Nature Valley Protein, start off with dark chocolate peanut butter. Is this a Snickers commercial or something healthy? Uh, and then all they do is they, they take that lovely chocolate uh, and, and peanut butter and they throw it on what's supposed to be granola. And in my opinion, granola is just like, I don't know, uh, outdated of uh, Rice Krispies. You know, and I looked at it and I compared it to what I was eating, which was another granola bar with peanut butter on it. And that had a lot more sugar and a lot more uh, carbs in it. This had fewer carbs and more protein. But here's the problem with these things. They're really good. They're really good. And what I mean by this, it's hard. These things are like laced potato chips. It's hard to eat one. So uh, I think when my little box of these are going, because I'm looking at this going, I need to compare the, um, the nutritional label of these things to a, a candy bar. Because they're, they're yummy. And that's the problem. They're a little too yummy. I like my granola bar to taste a little more like tree bark and cardboard. You know, that's what it should. That's what I'm looking for uh, on that. It should be tree bark covered in cardboard with a little bit of, you know, whatever. That, uh, because those I will eat so I will stop being hungry. But I'm not going, mmm, where can I get more of that uh, cardboard-covered bark? Mmm, I love that. And I love it when they break apart into a million pieces and go into my keyboard. That's always great, too. So there is hope, people. Come on, don't don't get down on yourself. So I realize I'm going a little long today. We're looking at a half hour. So I want to thank everybody who's going going out to LogicalLoss.com slash support. If you're going to do any shopping at Amazon, here's the cool thing. You have to do one little thing different, and that is instead of going right to Amazon, go out to LogicalLoss.com slash support, click on the Amazon banner there, and we get a small commission for that. If you're not going to be doing any shopping at Amazon and you you got some value from this program, feel free to go over to LogicalLoss.com slash support and click on the donate button. Throw me a few shekels. Keeps the lights on here at the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, and uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you. Uh, next week with another episode. And um, in the meantime, uh, quit drowning rats. That's gross. And uh, I'll leave you with my favorite Jillian Michaels uh, quote, which is why are you choosing failure 
when success is still an option. Take care, everybody. God bless. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Yeah.